0: Hello everyone and welcome back to The Did They Do It Podcast. I am your host McKinley Daw. <laughs> and I am coming at you guys live from my bed. So, this is kind of a funny story. Um I just barely went to go edit my episode and get it all ready to go up in an hour and a half. It is 10:30 at night right now. And the episode I recorded earlier today was just straight up not even there. Didn't even save. So, here I am in my bed re-recording this for you an hour and a half before it's supposed to come out. So, everyone pray for me. I'm about to grind this out after I finish recording. So, let's just hop right into it, I guess. (laughs) so today we're going to be talking about a case of a break-in gone wrong in so many ways a father and decorated veteran killed and a man who was put away in jail for two decades for a crime he did not commit this is the story of francis mckinnon and the wrongful conviction of thomas james now like the case last week there isn't a ton of information on the victim which kind of sucks but when things happen like 20 plus years ago It is kind of hard to find internet sources because everything hasn't been put onto the internet yet. So, I'll just relay what information I could find. So, Francis McKinnon was born in 1933, and he was a decorated Vietnam and Korean War veteran. He was married to a woman named Ethra, and they had three kids, whose names were Samuel, Charles, and Dorothy. They may have had more kids, but I could only find statements and, like, testimony from the three so, I'm not sure if they had more. They might have had more, but as far as I know, they didn't. So, in the year 1990, Francis and Ether McKinnon were living in their nice apartment in Coconut Grove, Florida, just off of the Dixie Highway. Which, I found the address online of their apartment um, in hopes that I could find, like, what the layout looked like and dish- Kind of see how everything would have worked and how the apartment complex was laid out But the apartments that were previously there have been torn down and new ones are being built So I couldn't find an old layout of what one of the older apartments would have looked like or what the Complex would have looked like unfortunately. So on January 17th 1990 Francis and Ethra were at home for the night and they were joined by their daughter Dorothy and son-in-law John and sources differ on this part. Some say that there were two kids from the neighborhood there and that their names were Jack and Josie. Some sources say that it was just Francis and Ethere and Dorothy and John. I personally kind of believe that there weren't these two random neighborhood kids in the apartment that night. Cause it would have been kind of weird to just have two random neighborhood kids in your apartment, right? I I just find that kind of odd, so Who knows what the circumstances were, but I think it would have been weird if they were there. So, at approximately 7.10pm that night, two men entered the residence with the intent to commit armed robbery. Which, this is so random of me to say, but at 710 at night, why would that be the time that you decide to commit armed robbery? Because at 7 o'clock at night, it's kind of that weird in-between where... Everyone is home because it's 7 o'clock and a lot of people get done with work at 5. But it's also not late enough for people to be asleep. So, like, people are just hanging out in their apartment awake during this time. So why wouldn't you go when they were asleep or when they weren't home? Why would you go in this weird in-between time where people are still awake? But, like, they're just kind of awake hanging out in their apartment. That just doesn't seem very smart to me. So one of the assailants was wearing a ski mask and he was described as being 6 foot 170 pounds and either 17 or 18 years of age. The other man was not wearing a mask, but he was described as wearing a hat and shorts and hopefully a shirt. I never, no one really ever said if he was wearing a shirt or not. So hopefully he was wearing a shirt, but they said that he was also probably 5 foot 4 or 5 foot 5. And that he was over 200 pounds and he was the only one holding a gun. The other assailant wasn't holding a gun. So Dorothy was in the kitchen um, just hanging out at the table. John and Ethra were on the couch watching TV and Francis was in a back bedroom laying down and resting. So when the men came in, they told them all to get down on the ground, which they did. And Francis heard the commotion and emerged from the back bedroom with a gun, but he was frozen and stunned at what he saw, and it gave the man who was carrying the gun just enough time, and he shot at him, and the bullet went into Francis's cheek and into his neck, hitting his carotid artery, killing him almost instantly. Dorothy pointed the men towards a cookie container on the counter that held a couple hundred dollars, and they fled from the scene. As these two assailants fled the scene, residents throughout the surrounding area were able to identify the unmasked gunman as Vincent Williams, or as he was known by others, Dog, which is kind of a weird nickname to me, like, why would you want to be known by the nickname Dog? Maybe that's just me, but. So, his name was given to the police, along with the name Thomas James, which I feel like this is a... Pretty generic and common name, so just keep that in mind because it'll come into play later. So a little bit about Thomas Raynard James, um, which is the man that is supposedly Vincent Williams' accomplice in this crime. So he definitely wasn't a perfect guy by any means. So at the time, um, in August of 1990, Thomas was sitting in jail for three weeks because. Police had found marijuana and an illegal gun in his car. He was hopeful that he could just get a few years and be out soon to try and pull his life back together. But when he sat in the courtroom and the clerk told the judge that there was a warrant out for his arrest for a first-degree murder charge, he was very confused. So Thomas James claims that he wasn't the one who was running with Dog or Vincent Williams at the time nor was he the one who helped him with this armed robbery-turned-murder. And this is where the identity mix-up predicament begins. So the day after Francis McKinnon was murdered, Dorothy, his daughter, and a man named Larry Miller, who his story kind of was that um, a man who he supposedly identified as Thomas James came up to him and asked him for a cigarette just before the robbery occurred. So, they both told police officers that the man they saw was Thomas Brainerd James, but cops didn't arrest him until six months later, in August, when he is being brought up for these, uh, this illegal gun and the marijuana charges. So, when they bring Thomas in and are asking him where he was on January 17th in 1990, six months after the fact, he can't provide a solid alibi because he can't remember which I can very much relate to this. Like, I can barely remember what I ate for breakfast today because it's 10.30 at night. Well, it's 10.40 right now. But that's besides the point. I can't remember what I ate yesterday. Like, sometimes people will be like, oh, what did you do this week on, like, a Saturday or Sunday? And I couldn't tell them because I I legit cannot remember anything that I did. So if I was brought in by cops and they were... Telling me to remember where I was on a specific night six months ago, on the spot, there's no way that I could tell them. So, in his circumstance, because he couldn't provide a solid alibi, it made him look kind of shady. There was no physical evidence that linked Thomas to the crime scene. There were no fingerprints, no DNA, nothing. The only type of evidence they had or against him was a positive ID, but keep in mind, if he is the man that they are saying he is, which is the guy who was wearing the mask in the attack. How are you, what are you going off of then if he's wearing a mask? Like, I guess you can tell a lot from like eyes and maybe lips and face shape, but still, it's just kind of, there's not a whole ton to go off of. Despite the overwhelming amount of inconsistent witness testimony and no real evidence, Thomas was charged with the murder of Francis McKinnon, even though he was originally ID'd as the man not holding the gun and not doing the shooting. Which doesn't make sense, because everyone said the guy without the mask, with the gun, was this Vincent Williams dog guy, so why is Thomas Briandard James being charged with the murder if he wasn't the one who actually shot him? But, I get, they took him to trial anyways. So, Thomas couldn't afford a lawyer, so he was assigned a public defender, and this public defender's name was Owen Chin, and in my opinion, throughout the research I did, Owen Chin didn't do a good job—like pretty much at all. He didn't—he didn't do a good job at putting together a case that shows that they—they li- they quite literally got the wrong guy with this identity mix-up type thing. He didn't call any witness that could prove Thomas's claim of mistaken identity or prove his innocence. He didn't even investigate the state's witnesses. So that he could ask them the right questions and hopefully make his client look better and maybe even get him off. So, people, please, please, if you're a public defender, which I doubt a ton of you listening are, please do the bare minimum in your job. Like, at least make it so your client is satisfied with your work. Like, do the bare minimum, which this guy... He clearly didn't do anything. He didn't have a freaking clue what he was doing. So, Thomas Raynard James was sentenced to life in prison on March 4th, 1996. Okay, so this is where things start to get kind of confusing, because now we're going to talk about the real Thomas James and all of these things that the cops in the state clearly missed. So, I'm going to read straight from an article from the winter 2005 issue of the Justice Denied magazine. Where Thomas Raynard James wrote about his case. So this article I'm going to read from is from Thomas Raynard James' point of view. So he's gonna use words like my and like he's and he's gonna use the word Thomas in it too, referring to the other Thomas James that did this. Um and he doesn't have the best grammar. So I am reading this word for word. I promise I have some decent grammar. This isn't just me. Okay, so the article says, quote, After first picking someone else as the person with the gun, hat, and shorts, Larry Miller picked my photo. Then at my trial, he did not identify me as one of the two men, which was consistent with him initially picking another person's photo. He was told after he picked my photo that he had picked the same person as Mrs. Wallen, a.k.a. Dorothy. He then told her that they picked the same picture, which erased any doubt she may have had. Mrs. McKinnon testified at trial, but did not identify me. Furthermore, none of the following deposition testimony was brought out at trial. She said Thomas James's mother is Mary, the daughter of Mamie Lee Walls, who was her sister-in-law. She also stated her daughter knows Mary and her family just like she does. Mrs. McKinnon was asked how did she know who did committed the crime. She stated, quote, his mother told me, and the other one she called Dog. His right name is Vincent Cephas. Could this be the reason Thomas James wore a mask, or, ad- or are these just mere coincidences? Thomas James and Dog have addresses on record-, on record that show they lived a block apart in the Coconut Grove area. Thomas James is now serving a life sentence for an armed robbery that took place in the same area. His visitor's list shows his mother's name as Mary. He was born 10-27-1972. So, in 1990, he was the very age described by the witnesses. Also, keep in mind his face was covered. The positive identification of the robber Thomas James's mother as Mary is critical because my mother's name is Doris Bailey. Furthermore, unlike the mother of Dog's crime partner, my mother has never lived in Fort Valley, Georgia, or the southwest section of Dadeco. quote. Okay, so this is the article that Thomas James wrote in this magazine. And basically to sum it up for you guys um, in a more simplified version, um, basically he's saying that Mrs. McKinnon is saying that she knows that who she thinks is the right Thomas James, she, she thinks he committed this crime, Because his mom, Mary, told her so. Which Thomas Raynard James is saying, well, the person you're thinking of couldn't have possibly been me because my mother's name is Doris Bailey. So, basically we have the real Thomas James who actually did this, his mother's name is Mary. And then the Thomas Raynard James who was in jail for this crime, his mother's name is Doris Bailey, so, he's basically saying that Mrs. McKinnon has, has the two men mixed up. So, for 30 years, Thomas remained in prison until finally he was released in April of 2022. So, super recently, like um, liter- literally a month ago. That's crazy. So, he was released due to a witness who recanted the positive ID they had made on the stand and the lack of physical evidence which in pretty much all of my resources, I could not find which witness recanted their positive ID because there were several people who provided an ID. Um, a lot of neighbors in the apartment complex, obviously the people in the apartment, stuff like that. Um, So I'd be interested to see who recanted it and why, but I guess we'll never know. So now, over 30 years since Francis McKinnon's murder, the actual Thomas James, who was an accomplice in this crime, has passed away and can obviously no longer be held accountable for what he did. Vincent Dog Williams was released after an 11-year sentence for aggravated battery with a deadly weapon, which, throughout this whole story, before I found that information, I was like... Whatever happened to this guy who they're saying supposedly really actually did this and was the one holding the gun? Like, what the crap, dude? I, this case is, drives me up a wall because it's kind of really confusing. But the McKinnon family, as of April of 2022, still believes that Thomas Reynard James was the one who hurt their father. They are saddened that now justice will never be served, since the innocent has been exonerated and the guilty is no longer alive. And that is the Francis McKinnon case. Oh, guys, that one, that one kind of sucks, honestly, because it's like, in most cases, have to do with wrongful convictions. It's always like a trade-off, right? Just put the wrong person in jail. That person eventually gets out, and then the right person goes into jail but they didn't, this family didn't get that trade-off because that guy passed away, so it's just sad that, like, there won't ever be a person in jail serving for this crime that was committed, but, yeah, it's, this case is super confusing with all the, like, identity mix-up stuff, and, um, the same names, which is absolutely nuts, right, because, That just doesn't seem like something that would happen, right? You always think the police get the right guy. And if they don't, then it's like, well, it's because of this and this and this. But they quite literally got the wrong guy because they got the two guys had the same name. It's just kind of crazy. So because I had so many questions about this case and because of how confusing it is, I'm going to put one of those little like questionnaire things up on our Instagram. So if you have any questions about the case, um, because obviously it's also confusing, you can go ask your questions there and I will answer them to the best of my ability. Um, I'll probably start doing that with every episode to answer any questions that people may have just so that can be open. If you guys don't have questions, it's fine, but just so it's open to any people who do. So please leave us a review and rate the podcast because it really helps me out and it would be greatly appreciated. And as always, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at ButDidTheyDoItPod. I'll have pictures of people associated with the k up as soon as this comes out. And please, everyone, wish me luck as I grind editing out this episode for the next hour. But I will talk to you guys next Tuesday with a brand new episode. Bye, guys. Thank you.